Well, welcome everyone to the message portion of Renata Worship. We're so glad you could join us. Uh, I'm here with Zach Sheely. How are you doing, Zach? Doing well. Awesome. He's hailing from uh, Greenwood area, where everything magical is happening right now. <laughs> and then we've got Christina Powlin. She's joining us as well. Hi. And she is in Florida. And we were just joking that it's such a drab and, and uh, cold day here. And uh, she's not chilling. She's actually uh, enjoying the warm weather. Uh, but we're so excited to start off our theme of uh, makings of a Messiah. We, we've been thinking and talking about this for a while now. We're so excited to be able to share some of the things that God has been teaching us from this first week. And life groups are actually starting this week. So if you haven't signed up for a life group, csfiupui.com slash life groups. We would love to get you plugged in, sign up. Zach leads a group and so does Christina. Um, I don't, I think their groups are equally awesome. If you're thinking about what's the better, what is the better group to sign up for? Um, they both do a fantastic job. Actually, this is Zach's, I mean, his first semester leading a group for us. Uh, he's been leading for a long time in a lot of other areas. Um, so anyway, the emphasis of our study this semester uh, is just to get a better perspective on the life of Jesus. The Jews, uh, the Israelites, had their beliefs on what the Messiah or the Christ or the Anointed One, whichever word you want to use, uh, would bring to the table upon his arrival. And Jesus was not what they had in mind. He was a huge disappointment to the Jews. Um, he came... Uh, not as this violent opposition to the Roman Empire, which is really what they wanted. They wanted someone to come in and stop the taxation, stop the rule over the Jews and give them political freedom. And Jesus came as a humble baby, as we'll see today. Uh, and he died a humiliating death. Yet with Jesus's resurrection, he showed us a greater glimpse of who he really was and is. Jesus will never fit this is the thing. He will never fit into who we want him to be. We don't get to pick and choose. We don't get to force Jesus to become who we want him to be. Um, he will actually prove himself to be so much more than we could ever imagine. And that's really what we want to do this semester. We're going to look at 15 different scenes of Jesus's life. There's more than 15, of course. We don't have time to cover all of them, but we're going to cover 15 that we all really felt like hey, after talking to all of our live group leaders and our staff, that these are the ones that we really wanted to focus on. So we're super excited to jump in uh, to this study. So Christine is going to open up our time uh, together just to share a story uh, to connect uh, with the passage and what God's been teaching her over the last year. Alrighty. So the passage that we're about to read discusses how Joseph was betrothed to Mary but then he found out that she was pregnant. And because he was righteous or a righteous man, as scripture says, um, he was going to quietly break the engagement and spare Mary the public embarrassment. But that night, as Joseph was thinking this, of thinking of breaking the engagement, an angel appeared to him and told him to not be afraid and to take Mary as his wife because the baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the next morning, Joseph didn't hesitate and he took Mary as his wife. And this past year, I found a musical on YouTube, and it's called His Story. And it's actually about the story of Jesus, and it's an amazing musical. I would highly recommend looking it up on YouTube. 
But one of the songs, one of the first songs is Mary singing with Joseph that she was pregnant and that it was by the Holy Spirit. And then the musical then suggests an interesting perspective of Joseph where he's doubting Mary and questioning what she told him about her being a virgin, but pregnant. And the song then has Joseph singing like, why is it a lie? Was it my fault? Was it me? Did I not love her enough to the point that she'd cheat? Why God, why this? Why give herself to some man and then blow me a kiss? And then if God, if she loved me, why would she let go? And then the angel sings telling Joseph that Mary indeed was telling the truth. And then Joseph goes back to Mary and they finish the song together. And it's absolutely beautiful. So highly recommend. Um, and this song, first of all, like really opened my eyes to the potential thoughts that could have been going through Joseph's mind in the passage that we're about to read. There was questioning, there was doubt. He didn't know what to do, but because he was righteous and he loved Mary significantly is what it sounds like, he was going to decide to break the engagement quietly, but then God provided Joseph with an answer through an angel in a dream and made it clear that Mary was telling the truth and that Joseph didn't need to fear or doubt. And this passage is a reminder and reminder from the musical, opened my eyes to recent events that have occurred in my life, particularly in recent decisions that I've made and the doubt that preceded, but the blessings that followed. And so God worked throughout 2020 in my life for the better. And I'm beyond grateful for what I was able to learn and grow in during 2020 and particularly with softening my heart. And in May, after God had really begun working on my heart, the first moment of my faith being challenged and my trust in the Lord's plan was when I was deciding whether or not I should audition for a musical. And I hadn't been on stage for two years. I wasn't sure if I could bring out my performance site again. And I was doubting my own abilities and doubting whether or not I would be able to manage all my other responsibilities as well. But I felt God nudging me, and I'm so grateful that I listened to that nudge. Because from that musical, I've made so many new Christian friends, and I'm actually on a Christian retreat right now in Florida with all of them. And I was able to build a stronger relationship with the directors of the show, and they've been able to speak into my life and help me grow and find more areas that I need to grow in. And I can only imagine how different 2020 would have been if I had not listened to that small nudge that I believe what God was giving me in deciding whether or not to audition for the show. But honestly, I would have missed out on so many blessings if I hadn't made that decision. And another way this past year in 2020 that the Lord kind of tugged on my heart was when I decided to attend Chapel Rock Christian Church for the first time um, this fall semester. And most of you probably won't know what kind of major faith step this was for me, but Andrew does. Um, but to make a long story short, I was very legalistic in my walk prior to um, 2020 and would attend Church of Christ churches. And I don't mean to imply that all churches of Christ are legalistic. In fact, I know that's not the case. But I was making myself legalistic and having a self-righteous attitude attending those churches. And I had attended that I had attended my first undergraduate years. And this fall, I, I took a huge step of faith for myself and my spiritual walk and decided to attend a completely different style of church. And God has blessed that decision in a multi multitude of ways. I was fearful and doubted if I should do it because I'm one who tends to not enjoy change at all. But God brought me closer to another friend of mine through that decision, and I've been able to volunteer in the children's ministry, and I'm absolutely loving it. And I want to work with children as a career as well, so I'm just getting that practice in, too. And 
also through Chapel Rock, I've been able to grow and learn the importance of being practical in my walk with Christ through reading books authored by Christians and engaging in discipleship discussions. So the point of these two stories that I shared with joining the musical, deciding to join the musical and going to Chapel Rock um, is to share how important the decisions we make are. And God wants us to seek him and he wants us to listen to what I call those kick in the butt moments. Um, Joseph listened to the angel God sent to him and we'll soon read that without delay, he married Mary and obeyed the Lord after marrying her and naming their son, Jesus. And can you imagine how scripture may have changed if Joseph had denied to marry Mary and give into his fear and doubt. And so what I want to leave us with is that every decision we make impacts us in some way. Choices such as our major, career, potential roommates even, or even simply what we plan to eat can make a significant impact sometimes. Um, so choices affect outcomes. So it's important to trust in God ultimately, and to seek wisdom from his word daily so we are able to become better disciples for him and know his characteristics and then implement those character traits as part of who we are to be molded into his image. And decisions can be hard, and the way God wants us to choose to be, choose, make those decisions can be unclear, but I've always found talking with others and following the convictions I feel strongly about, having discussed those convictions with others and making sure that they're not contradictory to scripture. But those decisions have led me only to find a stronger relationship with the Lord and ultimately blessings. Thank you so much, uh, Christina. That was fantastic. Thank you for being brave enough uh, to take those steps of faith because I know uh, just getting to know you uh, over the past few years has been really cool to see how much you've matured in your faith. It's inspiring to me for sure. And I think we've all can identify with what Christina said. We've all made decisions that we've regretted and had to deal with those ramifications. Uh, we've, we've also made uh, one good decision, seen how one good decision, like committing to a local church or spending quality time with the Christians and saw it continue to like compound uh, blessing after blessing in our lives, um, not as the world gives us blessings, but in a deeper and more richer sense uh, that God can do in our lives. And so the biggest decision that we will ever make has to do with this man who lived in the first century named Jesus of Nazareth. And we believe as Christians that he did not just show up there. He had existed from the beginning. He was involved in creation all the way through and was revealed in flesh in this baby we're about to talk about. And in our passage today, uh, we are going to look at Jesus announced, Jesus arrived, and Jesus adored. And so uh, Christine is going to read the first uh, section of scripture that we're going to cover, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. So we're going to read that right now. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. 
When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Thank you. So this is Jesus announced. And so one of my, my biggest moments uh, when I was in high school, I barely made the varsity basketball team my freshman year. Then my sophomore year, I started. And I can still remember that first night of starting on that basketball team. And, uh, you know, the, maybe the lights go down and then you get the starting lineup is introduced. And now I was number double zero, which I don't know why I chose that number. I think it chose me. And, uh, you know, Andrew Hodges, and I'm running out and thinking, oh, man, I have arrived. Someone just announced my name and I'm ready to play. And then I got elbowed in the chin and, and felt really silly. Um, but I think no one's birth, if we're thinking about babies that were born throughout history, there's no one's birth that was more announced than Jesus's. Even as Adam and Eve are being booted from the Garden of Eden for their disobedience, there was a prophecy given about Jesus crushing the devil's head, Genesis 3.15, if you want to look that up. And from there, we see over 300 different Testament prophecies about this coming Messiah that Jesus would fulfill in his lifetime. And one of those is from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which foretold that Jesus would be born of a virgin. And God chose to choose this uh, couple in his plan, this, this beautiful couple, this engaged couple. And as we saw in our, our passage, it took an intense announcement for Joseph to get on board with having a pregnant fiance that you know was pregnant with someone, a baby that wasn't his. Uh, that was um, even more so like just to take note of that. And for me, I think verse 21 hits deepest with Joseph as he's hearing from the angel. Uh, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. And it is the Greek form of the Hebrew name that we know very well, Joshua, who led Israel into the promised land. And all the Jews knew this name, they knew it well, what it meant, and it was an amazing Messiah name, right? The Lord saves, the Lord delivers, the, uh, the Lord conquers. Um, and so finally, a true saving from their enemies. Uh, Rome is no more, we can, we can forget about it because this baby is born. And that's not what verse 21 says, actually. It didn't say he will save you from your political enemies. He will save you from taxation. He will save you from the Roman Empire. It says he will save his people from their sins. So we see the whole purpose of Jesus coming was to rescue us from ourselves, <laughs> from our mistakes, from the evil that we have committed in our lives. So let's continue in our passage. As Jesus announced, and now Zach's going to read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time for her baby to, came for, to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for him. Thank you, Zach. 
So Christmas for me, we just had Christmas not too long ago, but for Christmas for me as a kid could not come fast enough. I mean, I would anticipate it uh, all year, you know, the time when no school, right? Uh, you know, sleeping in and then the, the hopeful like anticipation of presence and being with family and gorging yourself with food. I mean, it was just amazing. I could not have looked forward to it more. And, and in this passage, over and over again, we see an emphasis on the line of King David in the Old Testament and how there would be a descendant on the throne of David and that the Messiah would come through David's line and be a part of David's family. Um, his descendants. And when Jesus is finally born, we see everything coming together at once. All the announcing of Jesus um, ends in his arrival. Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. As soon as the Messiah comes, everything is going to be okay. And then Jesus arrives. And one note I wanted to point out in this passage is that it says that Joseph is still betrothed, is what the ESV says, or engaged to Mary, which is odd because I thought he just got married to her before they left Nazareth. I thought that was what the whole angel thing was about. But um, Luke is probably writing this because they were, they were legally married, but they hadn't had sex yet. So in Jewish culture, ha having sex was getting married. Um, that is not the same as in our culture today, unfortunately. But that's probably why that's in there. And we actually have no record of Jesus. It's kind of shocking of Jesus returning to Bethlehem after his birth and growing up a little bit as a toddler. We don't have a whole lot of knowledge to know that he went back to Bethlehem uh, because they, of course, escaped to Egypt and then went to Nazareth. Um, and Luke probably writes this, uh, this, this detail so that we could have a, a, a big time picture of what's happening here. Uh, and I, I love Micah chapter five, verses two through five, uh, 700 years. He writes this before Jesus's birth. I want to read it. We, we talked about Jesus announced at the, at the beginning, but I think we need to read this again because it fits in perfectly with this arrival. Cause I have a thought about Mary uh, coming out of this, but it says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be um, among the clans of Judah from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Jesus is the I am, the beginning and the end. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. That would be Mary. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord. And they shall dwell secure for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Doesn't it sound like the Great Commission uh, that we're supposed to go to the ends of the earth and today, uh, Christianity, anyway, sorry. And, and he shall be their peace. Um, imagine Mary attending synagogue, which is the Jewish uh, worship time outside of Jerusalem at any place that they would worship in the synagogue. Imagine them doing the reading from the prophets about the Messiah and they're reading from Micah chapter five while she's holding this new baby in her arms that she knows is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords um, that has been given to her as a gift <laughs> that she is to raise um, this child to become uh, the savior of the world. Wow. 
I can't imagine, but Jesus has arrived. So let's read this third part of our passage, the final part, uh, Luke, uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 21. And Christine is going to read that as well. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel w was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given, by, given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Thank you. That was awesome. So we have Jesus announced, Jesus arrived, Jesus, and this is Jesus adored. The contrast of our final section of scripture is mind throttling. You have on one hand, these unclean shepherds who were outcasts in Israel. They were such outcasts that their testimony couldn't be given in court and taken as valid. And then on the other side, you've got these, they started with one angel that was terrifying enough that the shepherds dropped down in, in fear. And then you've got the sky is filled with multitude of angels lighting up the sky and both groups uh, these could not be more different groups of well angels and people um these are the these groups filled the night sky with praise and the shepherds especially let it out as they were leaving the major scene it, the bible says that they were glorifying and praising god and they couldn't keep it to themselves and they went in and they they told everybody that they saw that this messiah had come Yet the adoration that really caught our attention, the uh, three of us, uh, Zach, Christina, and myself, when we were doing the uh, preparation time for this message, was this, this phrase when it says that Luke says she, she, uh, that Mary, this whole turn of events, that she treasured and pondered these things in her heart. The Greek word for treasured can be translated uh, as to defend. I thought that was really, really good, that she is just this is mine, you know, this is, these are my memories. I have to keep these. I never want to lose these. And she is actually the only mom in human history, uh, both in the past, the present and the future who could say, say, my kid is the best. You know, she could actually say, my kid is the best. Um, our moms might say that about us, but we know that that's not true because there's a lot of people in the world. But she could say that because Jesus was perfect. He's the perfect child, right? And so this teen mom, Mary, and her new husband, Joseph, were chosen to parent Jesus because they already knew 
how to adore the creator. Uh, and I think that's what God does in leadership throughout the whole Bible. He doesn't look for people who have a lot of potential. He looks for people that are ready to lead now, even if they think that they aren't. And that's the beauty of how God moves and how he calls us. At this time, Zach's going to share a little testimony of what God's been teaching him and how we can relate even further to the passage. Yeah, so what really stuck out to me from these passages about Jesus' birth was Mary's character. When the angel appears to her and tells her like that she's going to have a son, she at first is confused and asks how this is possible. But after the angel explains further, Mary simply responds by saying, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said, of me, said about me become true. The incredible trust and faith Mary had in that moment is something I've been learning to have recently, especially in this current season of uncertainty we're going through. In February of last year, I was offered the opportunity to teach a group of kids the basis of coding and introduce them to different apps and tools that they could use to create their own games and that sort of thing. I jumped on this opportunity immediately because it combined my love of coding and technology with my passion for helping and working with kids. I was super excited to be able to use my skills in something I enjoyed and share that knowledge and passion with younger kids to get them interested and excited about coding and learning how technology works as well. Unfortunately, as it turns out, the parents' schedules and my schedule didn't end up working out, so I ended up not being able to work with the kids after all. And I was super disappointed because it was going to be such a fun, unique opportunity that didn't happen simply because of scheduling conflicts. Fast forward one month later, and COVID shuts everything down. There's no longer any in-person gatherings, and everyone has to work and learn from home. And while I didn't realize it in that moment until later when I was looking back, if I was able to work with those kids as planned, I could have gotten them sick or had to stop the whole thing after only a month anyways. And even though I wasn't able to pursue that opportunity anymore, it allowed me to become open to other virtual opportunities that came my way. And one of these opportunities ended up being when Andrew asked me if I'd be interested in serving as the vice president of technology for CSF, um, which I obviously accepted and is something that has been a real blessing in my life. And I really enjoyed um, doing that. So even though that initial disappointment of missing out on a cool opportunity and the additional disappointments the pandemic brought along, I've learned and seen more than ever that God is always at work behind the scenes and that great things can come from disappointments. And after seeing this more and more in my life, I've been learning over these past over this past year to trust God even when I don't understand what is going on or why certain things are happening. Just like Mary trusted God when she didn't understand how she could have a baby or what the future would um, hold for her. The immense trust she had in that, even in the midst of a great amount of uncertainty, is something that I'm, I've been striving towards amidst the uncertainty we're going through today. And one truth that I try to remind myself of often to help me with this, and one that I encourage you all to um, keep in mind as well, is that even though we don't know what tomorrow holds, we know who holds tomorrow. So this is something that Mary lived out when she chose to trust God and not worry about what would come next in her life as well, which is why it's something that really resonated um, with me from these passages. Wow. Thank you, Zach. And if you didn't know, Zach, I don't know if you mentioned, I think you mentioned this, but he rebuilt our entire website. Um, and so, wow. Um, it is amazing how God can work everything out for good. Um, Thank you for sharing that. It's so great. Um, so as we come to a close and we kind of apply this passage and we think about the things Christina shared and the thing 
uh, things that Zach just shared with his story, um, we, we see a little bit of a, a lot of a call to action to share the message of Jesus with others. And, I, and I, as I was looking at this passage, I, I saw a great a parallel with Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. We see Jesus uh, at the, in the end of time, he will be victorious over all powers of darkness. And that those of us who will be with him and be in company with him, we will be so blessed. And the, uses three words to describe us as Christians at the end of time. We are called, chosen, and faithful. And I would like to just make a comparison to each three, these three and the three points and the three passages that we talked about earlier. The first is Jesus announced, and that is that we are called. And tonight the message of Jesus has been announced to us. <laughs> and whether we believe Jesus and the message of the gospel or not, that it does matter, but it does not matter in relation to this. It has been announced to you anyway. You have been invited, even if you don't want to come to the party. The prophets, the, the apostles, the faithful women throughout Scripture, all who came before us testified to who Jesus is and would be and will ever be. And you need to know tonight, no matter who you are, what you've done, you have been invited to join God's family, to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. Um, there is nothing that you have done that has disqualified you or kept you away from that possibility of becoming one of God's children. The second is Jesus arrived, and this is the chosen. They're called chosen faithful. Jesus arrived. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Paul writes that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Jesus is living up to his name in every way. <laughs> the Lord saves. We already covered that earlier. Since you've been invited, the only thing left to do now that you've been invited is to respond in faith to Jesus. Have you done that? Acts 22, 16 is one that we use all the time. And now why do you delay? Ananias told Paul, get up and be baptized, washing away your sins. Have you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Have you said, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Have you repented of your sins so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, Acts 3.19? Have you been baptized into Jesus Christ as we're commanded to do? If so, why not? <laughs> why not? What's holding you back? You know you've been invited. I just told you. Uh, you know you have the ability to be chosen, to be a part of the elect, a part of God's family. All you have to do is respond in faith, and we would encourage you to talk to us about that. Uh, we got a great page on our website, csfiupy.com slash baptism. We'd love to talk to you more about that. And the last one is so, so, so blown my mind recently. Jesus adored uh, that we are called, chosen, and now faithful. Here's the wild thing about being a Christian is that we're going to be worshiping this Jesus that we've been talking about, this one that started off as a, as a baby, um, we're going to be worshiping him for the rest of our lives. Think about that. Let that sink in. We will be reading the same Bible that we're currently reading. Uh, we are, we're all doing reading plans where we're trying to be faithful to God and, and being in Scripture every day in 2021. Uh, we'll be singing some of the same songs for the rest of our lives. Uh, we will grow older but our faith will grow stronger as we commit ourselves for the rest of our lives to love and adore Jesus. 
And Christina, right before we actually started recording, we hadn't planned this, but she had another thing that she was going to share uh, from her time um, there in Florida and thinking about the, the drama that they've been doing. Alrighty, so um, the retreat that I'm on, it's um, a bunch of theater nerds all together, um, but ultimately we're um, just trying to grow stronger in our relationship with the Lord, and they're actually the people um, that I referenced to earlier that I was in the summer musical with and have just grown so close to. But this morning, we had a drama session where there was a skit that was played out, and so there was a girl and then Jesus, so there were only two characters, and the girl... Um, was making plans to attend a party without being honest with her parents. And um, she was being followed by Jesus. And she was like, Jesus, like, just for tonight, like, I'll still praise you on Sunday. Like, we have all day Sunday together. Like, just give me tonight. I want this for, to be for me. And then Jesus is like, I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. And the girl keeps saying, like, no, like, I, I just need my time. I need my time. I promise that I'll give you an hour tonight, an hour of prayer. I just want to go to this or just, and this of course can be applicable to all sorts of other things, but Jesus, um, the person playing Jesus was like, I will never leave you. I'm here for you. I love you. And, but then the girl, she's like, Jesus, you're staying here. And so they acted it out where the girl nailed um, the guy's hand who was playing as Jesus in the cross um, formation. And that just really hit home for me um, in a sense that like every time we sin, we crucify in a way um, or just killing Jesus again. So again, the importance of remaining faithful, um, I just can't echo that more. But so that's what really stood out to me when before um, when we were discussing the message. I think that's a perfect segue into the end of our time together. Uh, and they, we just want to ask ourselves these questions. What would happen if we started sharing the full story of Jesus with those who haven't heard it yet? What if we announced Jesus? <laughs> what if we announced him to others? We, we told others about who Jesus was and they, and we actually got to see him arrive in people's hearts <laughs> and in the lives of others. And then, not only that, we saw them commit their, their selves, their entire selves, to him for the rest of their lives. Wow. I think that seems overwhelming for us to really wrap our minds around and think about. But remember, uh, even though that may seem intimidating to you, uh, well, I'm not going to announce, and I, I don't think I'm really worthy to see someone have life change like that. Well, small is how God has always used his people to do big things. It's always through a teen mom, like we talked about in our story, uh, through uh, an engaged couple, uh, through a small town, Bethlehem, uh, the smallest in all the clans of Judah. You know, I think that that should show us that God is wanting to do big things, even if we view ourselves as small. Um, and it, it looks like a step of faith when we take it and we share our faith with others and we talk to others about Jesus. But then when we step into it, we realize that God had all these plans laid out for us beforehand. And so what he was doing was is that God was waiting for us to step out and to act in faith. And in this, we will join Mary and Joseph as they stepped out and allowed God to use them in an incredible way. So we have Jesus announced, Jesus arrived, Jesus adored. 
Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer, and uh, we'll, we'll be done. God, thank you so much for tonight that we could come and we can focus on your word. God, we don't want to just read your word. We don't want to learn facts about you. Uh, we will. That's a byproduct of studying your word, of course, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our minds when we really get in uh, to the gospel and allow you to transform us. God, thank you so much for sending Jesus as a baby to come and save us. God, we love you. We thank you for allowing us to come together tonight. Even though uh, we're scattered all over the place, um, we come together as one. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Zach, thank you for for sharing your story and reading. Uh, Appreciate it. Christina as well, all the way from Florida. We really appreciate you guys. Um, And we will see you all very soon. Thanks for joining us.